Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center presents Doc Talk, an informative health series educating our community on the services provided at Peace Health. We will begin with our host, George Henry, after these messages. With flu season just around the corner, now is the prime time to schedule your annual flu shot. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control recommend that everyone aged six months and older, and especially older adults, get vaccinated against the flu. Peace Health Medical Group in Florence has adult and pediatric flu shots available. Call 541-997-7134 to make an appointment for your flu shot today. It only takes a minute and helps protect you, your family, and the community this flu season. So call 541-997-7134 today. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. On this edition of Doc Talk, we are going to talk women's health today, especially as it surrounds pregnancy and childbirth. Uh, joining me today is Dr. Justine Parker and RN from Eugene. Her name is Crystal Rodriguez uh, for this edition of Doc Talk. Ladies, how are you doing? Great. Thank Hi, you. Doing well. Hey, just to get started, Justine, Dr. Parker, just give a little background. I know we've introduced you before, but remind everybody of, uh, of what you do there at the hospital. Yeah, so my uh, my name is Dr. Justine Parker. I've been working here at Peace Harbor for two years, and I work in the 340 Women's Health Building with um, our uh, OB-GYN patients. So we're offering all sorts of women's health services from uh, uh, screening around mammograms and pap smears and cervical cancer prevention to obstetrical care. So our, our young moms who are pregnant, we care for them from the moment they conceive until uh, the moment they deliver and after. And that's actually what we want to talk about today, increasing education education and uh, increasing community for those patients. And Crystal, you have been with Peace Health for 15 years now, right? Correct. Yes, I have. And you're out of Eugene most of the time. Yes, I was. But now you're Eugene. taking on some new classes here. Talk a little bit about your background. Uh, I understand you're from, hold on a second, Vancouver? No. no. Not, Van- not Vancouver, <laughs> but it's a Can- it's Ontario. Ontario, Oregon. Oregon, yeah, I know. Well, well there's a Vancouver, Washington yes, right over is. the thing. Yeah. But I knew, it was, I knew it was something Canadian. Very close, I, knew it was something very close. Canadian. I get that a lot. Yeah, Ontario, Oregon uh, is near there. A small little town called Nyssa is where I grew up and um, started my nursing education. Um many years ago, 20-ish years ago, when I got into the medical field, and um, moved to Eugene uh, when I married my husband, and we've been there ever since. I work for Peace Health, have worked at uh, Sacred Heart downtown as well as the Riverbend, and then most currently, I am also working at um, Peace Harbor here in town (laughs) on labor and delivery, um, as well as the birth center in Eugene. So what made you choose uh, the medical field? What was your... What was your big moment that you had and said, oh, this is what I want to do? Or did you have that? I don't know if I had a big moment. I just always knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, so I started. Uh, so sort of a caregiver, I mean, is that, or is it more of a, the, the technical medical aspect of it? Oh, I like it all. I love all of the pathophysiology and the chemistry of it. Um, but I also like the counseling and the education and uh, just downloading anything knowledge that I have that could help someone else make great choices. All right. Now you're married. You have a family. You have kids as well? Yep. Two girls. 
Yep. And, and you hubby. like you like to hike. You like outdoor stuff, right? I do. I do. I like to get outside. All right. Cool. It's All a good right, thing so, you're in Florence. I know. This yeah. vitamin C, S-E-A, I'm in love. <laughs> well, sometimes we even get vitamin, is it D? E or A? D. 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 For <laughs> you can't even remember. I can't remember. I, I don't get it that often, you know. But although this summer was a lot better, I'd have to say. Oh, than, the summer than was delicious, yeah. Summer was Oh, gosh. Nice so was this, is this a bait and switch for me? I was like, it's beautiful over here every time I come. Well, see, you, you must be lucky. Well, I, I came here in, on a, in a February, okay. the first time to visit. And it happened to be one of those Februarys. It was 60 degrees outside. The sun was shining, no wind. And I was like, oh, I got to live here. <laughs> little did I know the winters are be, can be a little more harsh than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick break because we, we've introduced you and we got everybody up to date now. We'll come back and we'll talk some of the issues uh, that we want to address today. Education for one and what's happening over at the uh, Women's Health at Peace Harbor. This is Doc Talk. With flu season just around the corner, now is the prime time to schedule your annual flu shot. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control recommend that everyone aged six months and older, and especially older adults, get vaccinated against the flu. Peace Health Medical Group in Florence has adult and pediatric flu shots available. Call 541-997-7134 to make an appointment for your flu shot today. It only takes a minute and helps protect you, your family, and the community this flu season. So call 541-997-7134 today. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. On this edition of Doc Talk, we're talking women's health with Dr. Justine Parker and Crystal Rodriguez, who's an RN with Peace Health, Peace Harbor here in Florence and in Eugene. So in general, women's health, when we're dealing with pregnancy, what are some of the biggest issues that, that we see? I think of general nutrition as being something that in all our diets is something that lacks a lot of times. Is that something that you see a bit of in prenatal care? Yeah, I think we always uh, start the conversation with nutrition. Um, I mean, Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. And if that was something they were thinking about thousands of years ago, I think, you know, there's still some merit there. And we do see a lot of um, malnutrition and poor dietary choices in pregnancy. And the reason we care so much is because it affects two people, a very vulnerable patient, the fetus, and then also the our, our pregnant patient. You know, there um, are a couple of issues in relationship to nutrition. The first is just making sure patients start a prenatal vitamin early. And so when they present early to care, and our patients are wonderful here at uh, in Florence, they often present early and are very invested in their pregnancies and very collaborative um, with good compliance. And so they present early. We talk about prenatal vitamins. The most important thing there is full acid because that uh, helps prevent spina bifida and spine-related problems, and it is important to have that available to the fetus very early in the first trimester. So vitamins are an important thing we talk about. And then also weight gain, because too much weight gain can put women at risk of things like gestational diabetes and preeclampsia.
preeclampsia, things that can be as risky as causing stroke and seizure in, in the mom. Um, and then also too little weight gain can cause things like preterm birth and stillbirth, uh, babies that are very small and require transfer to Eugene and longer NICU stays. So, so weight gain certainly relates to nutrition. And these are things we get to talk about in pretty much every visit. And what's really nifty about women's health is we're talking about nutrition as it relates to the pregnancy. So the, the women are often very motivated because they're good parents and they care for their fetus. Uh, but then it often percolates down into the rest of their lives and into their families' lives. So that's one of the really delicious things for me as a women's health provider to be able to uh, be talking with a, a pregnant uh, patient in my clinic and know that it's going to affect her baby and then also her nuclear family and really the community because we know that women have a, a really large role in the health of a community. So yes, nutrition, I could talk on that for a very long time. Well, and did you say that like poor nutrition can also assist in things like depression and things like that? Well, or is yeah. that a different issue altogether? No, that's a really good point. Have you, you must have read some of the recent research because there is evidence that the Mediterranean diet has been shown to uh, improve outcomes in folks with depression. So we've got these validated questionnaires that assess the severity of a patient's depression, and those scores improve with the Mediterranean diet, which is basically fish and vegetables and raw nuts and avocados and olive oils, uh, you know, things that you can get at the farmer's market uh, in town. A lot of what you take out is the processed food. Yeah. You get rid of a lot of that, which let processed food be your medicine was not... <laughs> At all what uh, he was talking about. I would have some some patients who would argue with that. They would like that phrase a lot, but yeah. Right, right. Um, so so the Mediterranean diet is is one of the things we actually talk about when we do discuss mental health. And mental health is a huge problem, um, uh, rather a huge aspect of the the prenatal care and just the general medicine care that we provide at Peace Harbor. Um, it's ubiquitous. And so anything from anxiety and depression, certainly PTSD, you know, women are very vulnerable and there's a lot of uh, women with a history of sexual, physical, emotional, verbal abuse. And that will come up in their pregnancies and, and often in their deliveries, which is a very vulnerable uh, period. So to be able to take a woman's history of mental illness into account and to utilize such an impressive moment, such a, a powerful moment as a delivery to kind of catharse and transmute and empower them with that history and given that history is a really wonderful thing to be a part of. And um, so we, we think about mental health during the, the pregnancy, and we actually work very closely with our uh, psychiatric colleagues. They uh, work in the same building as us, so we have a really close relationship with them. And patients with anything from, you know, postpartum depression to chronic uh, bipolar, you know, and everything in between are, are meeting with our, our psychiatric colleagues and then collaborating with us. And we know that women with uncontrolled mental illness actually have worse health outcomes during their pregnancy. And so it's it's not just about making sure women feel better, although that is deeply important to us. It's also about improving really um, uh, a lot of physical health outcomes for the mom and the baby as well. Well, I know this is probably uh, overstating something, but I know that you know, the term PTSD, a lot of people associate that with, with military and, and people coming back from that. But really, PTSD, before it had that term or diagnosis, was very often seen in abusive relationships and things like that and, and was not discussed or openly discussed. I would imagine that a woman that is continuing in that trauma during pregnancy is at a greater risk than someone who may have had that in their past, or is it equally as... Um, dangerous if unnoticed? Uh, you know, PTSD, whether it 
certainly PTSD in a woman's history that is not, you know, any trauma that's not actively ongoing, the PTSD uh, can inform their care, their ability to collaborate with their providers to take medical advice. Um, and and so we, we screen for this in the first visit so that we can offer them resources. Um, and I'll talk about those in just a moment. But then also ongoing violence, you're right. I mean, women are very vulnerable and their vulnerability increases during pregnancy. And so we actually see a spike in abuse uh, that's well documented in the literature during pregnancy. Um, there are three resources I can think of right now that we're lucky enough to be able to offer here in Peace Harbor. We have the Nurse Family Partnership and the Healthy Families Organizations, which are just really uh, scrumptious organizations that call and screen all of our patients for different uh, resources they might need or needs that they might have in regards to abuse or, you know, needing transportation or, you know, housing instability. Something as simple as not having a car that works reliably can have huge impacts on a woman's uh, well-being during pregnancy and the outcome of that pregnancy. So we've got these organizations that are collaborating uh, with the women and and hooking them up with other uh, resources. And then we have this new uh, group called Well Mama, which is actually, is it international or is it, uh, it it's a very well-established mm-hmm. uh, organization that works with women, both in the antenatal period when they're still pregnant, but also in the postpartum period to kind of create a support network uh, that involves just women who recently gave birth or or are currently pregnant and kind of um, allows them to self-nurture and self-care. You might actually know a little bit more about that organization. They just arrived here to Florence, so I'm still getting to know them. But they do come to our clinic two days a week. So every other Tuesday, we have women coming and and doing a little round circle in our waiting room and uh, giving care to each other. Yeah, it's an amazing organization. They are very prolific in Eugene, and um, there are a lot of resources to meet moms where they're at, whether that's online. You can take a course, or you can use their warm line and call and talk to someone who's been in the situation and now volunteers with the organization. Or also they have the classes, so that's great that it's out here in, in Florence mm-hmm. um, a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So talking about classes, let's take a mm-hmm. quick break right now and come back and, and talk about, Crystal, what you are working here with everybody. So Absolutely. we'll find out what classes are available. We'll be back with more with this September edition of Doc Talk. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. With flu season just around the corner, now is the prime time to schedule your annual flu shot. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control recommend that everyone aged six months and older, and especially older adults, get vaccinated against the flu. Peace Health Medical Group in Florence has adult and pediatric flu shots available. Call 541-997-7134 to make an appointment for your flu shot today. It only takes a minute and helps protect you, your family, and the community this flu season. So call 541-997-7134 today. We're talking with Dr. Justine Parker and Crystal Rodriguez, who is a RN at Peace Health, and she is at Peace Harbor now. She visits down here uh, several times a week, 
Is that what it is? Or? Well, I work on labor and delivery. So you work um, on labor and delivery. Yes. So whenever there's a labor and delivery issue, you're, you're here. <laughs> but yes, okay. potentially. I take shifts on labor and delivery. And then once a month on the second Saturday, we're offering a childbirth education class. Okay, so that's and that's something that's new. Yes. So these classes are new to Florence. New to Florence. And you're bringing them here. What sort of things do parents generally not know that they need to know from these classes? Because, yeah, I mean, no, nobody's born being a parent. Yeah, I would say whether it's a parent or it's more of um, birth and becoming a parent, the support person. Uh, there's a lot of resources to look up the stages of labor and dilation, effacement, and the mechanical things that happen in birth. Uh, but how to mentally and emotionally prepare yourself as well as a birth partner, um, that is generally not out there. <laughs> For people. Well, I know. My, with the birth of my son, we did a, a natural childbirth. And we went 12 hours in labor. We were in the tub. We were on the floor. We were doing this and everything. And finally, the nurse midwife said, I think his head's just too big. He's not coming out. So we had to get in an ambulance. We had to rush to the hospital. They had to do a cesarean. Mm. He looked like the Conehead family mm-hmm. when they pulled him out. And it was like... Thank goodness everything went back together the way it's supposed to. But it's just like there, we were not prepared for that. Yeah. We were not prepared for the possibilities or what, you know, if child, if natural childbirth wasn't an option, what do you do next? And we were just flabbergasted. Yeah, that is covered. And a very big part of birthing, pregnancy, birthing, postpartum, there are so many variables and unknowns. So having um, a way to have good conversations with your provider is really important. We talk about brain, which is a mnemonic, the benefits, risks, alternatives, listening to your intuition, and what if we do nothing? So asking those questions anytime anything arises during your birthing can be helpful to make you feel informed and make the best decision for your family. You mentioned postpartum. Is mm-hmm. is that a combination of chemical and environment that that brings that on? Um, or is it, or is it one thing or another, or do we know? So you're talking about postpartum anxiety and depression. Anxiety and depression yeah. Yes. So um, yeah, there are a lot of factors. There are definitely some biological factors. The postpartum period um, uh, rivals menopause in hormonal kind of fluctuations, um, as well as um, you know culturally, we're becoming a new parent in um, our kind of expectations um so those types of things as well play a a factor and sleep deprivation yes (laughs) well i'm I'm sure that doesn't help either absolutely is there any is there any education that says mothers that breastfeed versus mothers that don't breastfeed more or less susceptible or is that not something that's ever been like there's been a study on that yeah that has been studied um breastfeeding does improve the um mental health of the breastfeeding mother as well as the breastfeeding infant uh, in the short term and the long term and rapid weaning or weaning that is undesired um, does increase or spike the risk of depression and anxiety at that time so a a pair of new parents come in and and they're in your class and i imagine you've been doing this class in eugene for a while now i've been teaching childbirth education for the last 11 years okay who's the easiest patient to teach the young parents or the older parents the ones that are starting their first family say in their late 20s or early 30s or the 19 and 20 year olds that may come in pregnant oh who's easier to teach I 
cannot say whether one whole group. I think um, you don't people, see a trend in one like more, one's more anxious, one's less anxious because no, of life I, experience. I or? think that um, we all have our anxieties with where we're at. You know, we're all on our own journey at our own time, and I feel like. Um, when I come to class, when people come to class, we try to just be open with that. And I think that when people feel uh, relaxed and comfortable, they share maybe some of their anxieties and we work through some of that stuff. So I don't know if there's one time in life that's more difficult than another in terms of learning about childbirth preparation. When you're having, when you're having your discussions, is there one question that comes up more than any other that parents are concerned with that somebody out there might not thing to ask right away can you think of anything that let's see i think the underlining uh, concern uh, under any question often has to do with control wouldn't you say like patients wanting to be able to be in control of their bodies and i think that's like a really wonderful and often missed opportunity for for providers and, and other institutions i think we do a really good job here because we've got great nurses um but i doesn't it seem to you that like being able to provide patients with um, like you're saying, education and resources so they can feel informed and make their own decision, certainly within the medical advice, like within our recommendations, kind of allows them to feel more secure. Yeah, yeah, I guess definitely that would go along the lines of having some say in their care. How do they do that? Um, yeah. so, so like you're talking about, and I, and I can understand this a little bit, is you go to meet your gynecologist or your OB, and you may just be being introduced to them early on in the pregnancy. So you have questions about, you know, can I trust this person? How do you build that trust? How do you provide that interaction with them that makes them go, okay, I, I, can, I can trust what this, this doctor is telling me? Do you go through some of that? Yes, absolutely. That is a huge part of um, preparing for childbirth is creating a rapport with your provider, um, preparing yourself, but then um, in the moments of, of change or in the moments of um, something you feel strongly about how to best uh, approach that with your provider. So again, the, the classes are basically uh, setting up for how the pregnancy is going to go teaching them, giving them information, what they can expect, what could happen, things down the road. Is that correct? A little bit, yeah. So we touch a, a kind of on end of pregnancy. These classes are taken usually about one to two months prior to the baby's kind of expected date. And so during that time, we talk about just the end of pregnancy, um, final development that's happening with baby, things that are happening with mom, things that they can do in terms of their body positions to help best um, keep their baby in the best position to help uh, birth go more smoothly and quicker. Um, and then we talk about um, things in um, the early time of uh, birthing, things that you do before you go to say the hospital or talk to your provider comfort measures you know feeding watering those things and then um, and as labor progresses uh, what types of techniques you can use and so we do hands-on birth support we use our balls and the pillows and positions and move about the room um, and that way we can let the birth partner also practice some of those techniques of how to best support uh, that birthing mother 
Uh, and then we talk about um, kind of complications or um, things that may be offered at, with, from the medical team at some point, risks and benefits of those, um, so that they have a baseline um, if those are offered. Uh, we go over uh, cesarean birth um, just so that there's uh, information out there about it. Um, and then we just talk a little bit about kind of barriers and things that uh, each individual kind of needs uh, and kind of make sure we check off everybody's goals in the class that they got what they needed and a tour of the unit, which is nice. So you don't get really into infant care once the baby's born we in these classes? We do basic kind of infant care um, in the newborn phase. Yes, okay. there is some of that. And we do have a lot of follow-up right after the delivery, uh, both for um, maternal and paternal reassurance to um, let them know that they're doing a good job in the early um, newborn period. But also we have lactation consultants, our labor nurses, that they can then follow with back in the labor ward after they get discharged to have extra support, kind of one-on-one -on -one education. Mm -hmm. How do you educate parents who may have some um, questions about immunizations? Oh, how much time do I have? Well, this, you have a few minutes um, because this is a this is a big issue. And I was talking to uh, one doctor, and they said, "Well, it may not be understood, but some um, practitioners, some pediatricians, will allow you to take the doses of things at a over a longer period of time rather than in lump sums." Is that something you know that you you can talk with new parents about, or? You know, I think at any time in medicine, shared decision-making is important, and getting a patient's understanding a patient's priorities will allow a provider to speak to those and also offer medical advice that's based on the literature. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC recommend a very um, – uh, reproducible immunization schedule that's been well studied over many decades and has been shown to be safe in the short and the long term. And so that's what we recommend uh, to keep the, the little ones here in Florence safe. W the goal is to build up herd immunity so that we're not having, you know, measles and other outbreaks that then um, expose our more vulnerable patients, newborns, for instance, to to high-risk infections. So so we make those recommendations. We give handouts. We give education. Sometimes I, I actually print research articles for, for my patients. Uh, depending on their interest. And, and then we, you know, they're the parents. And so then we really need to just collaborate with them. And uh, there are delayed immunization schedules that some patients choose to, to uh, use for their, for their uh, children, for sure. But I imagine you have a, a, maybe not an absolute, but say, you know, if you want to do that, this is, this is the absolute latest when you should do this for the health of the child and the health of the community. Yeah, you know, there are certainly some infections, like rotavirus is a, a diarrheal illness that is uh, viral, and it is only something that kids are susceptible to in the first months and years of life. So, you know, there's a window within which giving them that vaccination will protect them, and if you miss that window, you know, it becomes less useful. And uh, so, yeah, these are some of the details that we talk about in those very regular uh, postpartum and newborn follow-ups. What about parents that try to sterilize their home? And, and, and I don't just mean that with chemicals. I mean, you know, you can't play in the dirt. You know, you can't – don't get your hands dirty. You know, I, I've i always believed, you know, if your kids want to play in the dirt, let them play in the dirt. <laughs> the more germs they can get when they're young that aren't deadly germs, 
the healthier they're going to be. And, and it seems to have worked out. My kids are in their 30s now, so things <laughs> seem to be working out pretty good. Nice longitudinal is, study there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we I like to say that we're more bacterial cells than we are human cells. So it's very true that we are a microbiome. And that is one of the really fun things about educating first-time parents because they have so much love and care and protectiveness uh, for their newborn. And they want to show it, like you said, kind of by, by sterilizing the house, or, or uh, though that's a metaphor, something similar. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice opportunity to just normalize, uh, you know, actually being a, a, a human being. And they've actually done a st- one study I can think of where um, kids in households where they used a dishwasher compared to kids in households where they cleaned plates by hand uh, actually had less eczema in the hand-cleaned plate group, which is to say when we're a little bit less clean, that actually works well for our immune system somehow. You know, there's there's um, an extent to which that's not true, but uh, but certainly normalizing, you know, just normal hand not extreme and, behavior yeah, yeah. In, either, in either way, you know. <laughs> Don't let him go out and play with the cat litter, but at the same time, you know, let him go out and have some fun. Yeah, and, nuzzle the cat. <laughs> it's funny because my son and his wife just had a baby in May. We went out there to see him. When we got there, he calls me before we get there. He goes, wow, Dad, I didn't want to tell you this, but, you know, we're trying to keep the baby away. We're trying to – and I'm like, wait a minute. I raised you in the dirt, young man. And what happened to you? And he's like, he couldn't give me an answer. But one he, thing went, I he will... went the total opposite. Uh-huh. I mean, the everything. Don't swings. touch. Nobody can come in. Nobody can cough. Nobody, you know. And I was like, wow, I just flew 2,600 miles to find out I can't see my grandbaby. It's true that when babies are born, they're essentially sterile. So their immune systems are very underdeveloped. And, you know, we mentioned breastfeeding before. Breastfeeding mm-hmm. is a wonderful way to make a child's immune system more robust and more quickly uh, so that they can respond to grandparents <laughs> um, healthfully. And um, there was something else. I See, was I didn't ask say. that question. So I, it was, oh, you know, I'm... <laughs> it was one of those questions I didn't want to, you know, like. Pertussis like is intruding. the other thing. If mm-hmm. you want to be better prepared as a grandpa for your next newborn, you could, you know, send, you know, info ahead that you've had mm-hmm. your whooping cough vaccine because adults are actually serving as a um a carrier uh, for for whooping cough in our community. So if you get vaccinated, then you'll do um, your your young family members some reassurance so that their newborn isn't exposed to whooping cough. Well, there you go. <laughs> Crystal, one more time, let's talk about when the classes are, how people can get a hold of you, maybe the phone number there at the clinic, but tell about your classes. Yeah, so uh, classes are uh, once a month, uh, right now, second Saturday of the month, and they are being held at the Peace Harbor Hospital. If you'd like to register for those, you can call the clinic. That's 541-902-1634. And um, usually about a month or two before your baby is expected is the perfect time to come and sit in So if you're about class. six months, you probably should make the call now and, and get that scheduled. In yeah, there. fantastic. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you both today. It's a lot of great information. Good seeing you, and uh, have a great time us. taking care of our, our, our ladies that are pregnant. Oh, we're having a great time. <laughs> you have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org.